Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu/visit. Welcome back to all of you crimeaholics. We are back with another one of our Missing Mondays episodes. It's your host Holly, and I want to start off by saying we have a ton of new listeners that we are super excited to have joining us. So if you're a newbie, welcome. We hope you stay and stick around. Make sure before you forget to go in and hit subscribe on your preferred podcast platform so you can stay in the know every time a new episode goes live. If you're an OG to the podcast, thanks for your continued love and support. Now let's get started. Missing Mondays is a segment that was created by Kenzie and I to help keep missing persons' name and information in the media the best we can and to aid in their return home. 90,000 people in the U.S. are missing at any given time, and while some are found alive or deceased, the majority are still missing today. On this segment of Missing Mondays, I will be sharing the information about Kishé Jacobs. Kishé Jacobs was born on January 1st, 1995, and she grew up in Richmond, Virginia, and was raised by her mother, Tony. Kishé also lived with her older brother, Devon, and the family was extremely close. Tony was a single mom who busted her butt to make ends meet by doing various different jobs and customer service. From everything that I learned about Kishé before she disappeared, it seems like her mother was one of her very best friends. She told her mom, like, literally everything. In an interview I watched with Tony, she talks about how the two of them would lay on her bed watching movies and eating popcorn. When I say this family was close, I seriously mean it. They were such a tight-knit family doing fun family vacations together and having like these awesome birthday parties. Tony told Richmond Times that Kishé was shy, but she was fiercely loyal. Despite being 5'3 and just 100 pounds, she had no issues standing up for her friends when they needed it. She was extremely protective of those that she loved. Kishé was also a really hard worker. She had a job, and instead of going out to the clubs and partying and drinking, she would stay home so she could save money. She never wanted to be in a position where she had to ask to borrow money from people, so she really took pride in the money that she had and that she worked for. Though Kishé was 21 years old at the time of her disappearance, she did still live at home with her mother, and she was just kind of trying to figure out what the next plans were for her future. Both Tony's kids were grown adults, living their lives and doing as they please, but they always made sure to stay in contact with their mama. Every single day, Tony would speak to both Kishé and Devon multiple times during the day. It wasn't out of the normal for Kishé to call her mom in the afternoon to chat while Tony was on her lunch break. Kishé's mother, Tony, was attending college, and on September 26, 2016, she called Kishé to see if she could gather up her school books and wait for her outside to pull up because she was running late to class. So she just needed Kishé to grab the books, run them out to her so she can zip on down to her school. She grabbed the books from Kishé, she headed off to school, and Tony states in an interview that when she arrived back home, Kishé had just gotten back home as well after an argument that she had with her boyfriend. 
She seemed pretty upset and was talking with her mom and her brother about it. Apparently, she had broken up with her boyfriend and she was just kind of distraught and upset about it. And she decides, you know what, I'm just going to go hang out with my girlfriends tonight. So she goes to a girlfriend's house. As I said, Quiche is 21 years old and she told her mom, like, I'm going to go to a friend's. She didn't specify which friend and her mom didn't press her or give her the 21 questions out of respect for her privacy because she is an adult. But Quiche was always one to text her mom, letting her know when she was leaving someplace and when she arrived at another. She was really responsible in the sense that she kept her mom in the loop and never allowed her to worry about her. Tony did, however, ask if she needed a ride, and Quiche told her no, that she was going to have one of her friends pick her up. Around 11 p.m., Quiche leaves the house with the friend who picked her up. But before walking out of the door, her mom told her, you know, the normal mom stuff, be careful, have a good time, make sure your phone is charged in case of an emergency, and she told her that she loved her. Quiche replied to her mom that she loved her back and that she had her charger, and she walked out. Not long after, Tony decides to call the night and go to bed, and she texts Quiche to let her know she was going to bed, and Quiche texted her back saying that she was just going to go ahead and spend the night at this friend's house and would be home the following day. Her mom tells her, you know, that's fine, be safe, I love you. And Quiche replies back with, I love you too, and I will. This was the last conversation that Tony would have with her daughter. The following day is September 27th, and Tony wakes up to head to work in the morning as a dispatcher. Quiche wasn't home yet, but this wasn't anything that Tony felt was out of the ordinary. She had left late the night before. She figured that she would be home in the afternoon, but Tony did, however, expect to hear from Quiche on her lunch break. Apparently, it was pretty much a daily thing that Quiche and her mom would chat over the phone during Tony's lunch break between 11 a.m. and 12 p.m. So after waiting around for a little bit for Quiche to call, Tony decided to go ahead and call Quiche herself. But when she called, she was surprised to find that her phone went straight to voicemail. Which again, this is kind of out of character for Quiche because she always kept in connection with her mom. She had taken her cell phone charger with her and she was good about making sure that she was never without a way of contacting her mom. And if on the off chance that Quiche's phone was going to die and she was going to be unreachable, she would make it a point to text her mom to let her know, like, hey, this is my friend's number, my phone's about to die, you can reach me here if you need me. At this point, Tony really didn't think anything much of it. Sure, it was a little out of character for Quiche, but she didn't immediately jump to conclusions. Tony ends up calling her son Devon, who was also living at the home with them, and she asked if he had heard from Quiche. He said he hadn't heard or seen her since the night before when they all had been sitting down together talking about the fight with her boyfriend. Which this is important because Devon had just recently gotten out of prison for a drug charge. He spent a whole year behind bars and when he finally got out, Quiche kept her thumb on him. She was almost like a hovering older sister even though she was the younger one of the two. She wanted to make sure her brother wasn't going to get in trouble again. She'd cook breakfast for him and just spend time with him to try and help ease his transition on the outside of prison life. Again, Quiche's mom, Tony, wasn't too panicked, so she goes back to work, and when she arrives home after work, Quiche still isn't there, and Devon still hadn't seen her. This is when the uneasy feelings began to settle in. This was not like Quiche. 
She started off with calling some of Quiche's friends to see if any of them had seen or heard from her. Call after call after call, each person had the same answer. They hadn't seen her, nor had they talked to her. Tony tries to get some sleep that night, but by 1 a.m., she was up and out of bed, sick with worry. As day breaks, she begins going door to door asking neighbors if anyone had seen her daughter. Nobody had. She begins calling friends again, asking if anyone had seen or talked to her. Again, nobody had. Tony decided to contact authorities and report Quiche as a missing person. It seems as if authorities didn't take this very seriously at first. As stated before, Quiche was 21 years old, she was an adult, and authorities kind of told Tony that she will likely just turn up. But Tony kept saying, no, you don't understand, this is not my daughter. She pulls her phone out to show all of the communications between the two and how they literally are talking daily, and not only daily, but many, many times a day. So they open a missing persons case, and they put out some info into the media, kind of like a be on the lookout for Quiche. But it was Tony who was making the biggest moves and searching for her daughter. Two days later, four of Quiche's friends show up at Tony's house to tell her that they had in fact actually seen Quiche that night and they dropped her off at this random house. Which this took Tony by surprise because Quiche's friends had denied being with her up until this point. And now they're changing their story saying they were with her and dropped her off at this random guy's house. So Tony, being the brave warrior woman that she is, she has the girls show her which house it was. And she goes up to the door and knocks on it. The guy answers the door and she begins asking him questions about, you know, where's my daughter? We haven't seen her. Have you seen her? Was she here? Kind of just like interrogating the guy and he begins like starting off cooperating and he's talking about you know he had seen Quiche on September 26 and it was around 5 p.m. they were hanging out and Tony was like whoa um no 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 that can't be possible because on September 26 around 5 p.m. is when Tony had been on the phone with Quiche asking her to gather her the college books since she was running late and so he quickly changes his story to say, oh, you, oh, you know, that, that it, it must have been, you know, 6 p.m., my bad. Again, Tony had ways of proving him wrong, and this guy just kept changing the time of his story. So Tony ends up calling the police. She told him, hey, my daughter's missing. It's Keisha Jacobs. I made the missing persons report. Her friends claimed that they dropped her off at this location, and I'm here right now. This man's story isn't adding up. So two officers end up showing up at this man's house, but the detective in charge of Quiche's case didn't. The two officers question the man and he refuses to allow them in the house. So this other detective gets called to the house and I guess he was able to go inside and he quickly ruled that Quiche wasn't inside. He went in, went out, no Quiche. So more days go by and not much is being done yet and Tony goes off to church. When she gets out of church, she was going to head over to this rally that was being held for Quiche. They had planned to pass out flyers and show her pictures to people and just see if anybody could remember anything. 
Tony ends up getting a phone call from a woman who saw Quiche's story on Facebook. And she tells her that her great-grandmother is the owner of the house that Quiche was dropped off at. And she said that they were willing to allow Tony to come over and look around if she wanted. So at this point, it had been almost a full week since Quiche had been last seen. Tony still hadn't heard a single thing from the detectives assigned to her daughter's case, so she went to this home to look around alone. So she gets to this house, she begins looking around, and during her search around the inside and outside of the house, she stumbles upon a set of stairs outside. These stairs apparently led directly down to a door that leads to the basement of the home. But when the cops and the one detective came out that first time, they didn't even check this area because it couldn't be seen from the front of the house. And when the detective did the one quick walkthrough, he didn't search around the outside of the house, so he wouldn't have seen these stairs leading to the basement. Which all of this really was upsetting for Tony because the thoughts of what if was running through her head. What if Quiche had been locked in that basement the first time that they were there? Tony didn't end up finding anything that she could identify in the home as belonging to Quiche, but she made sure while looking around the house that she didn't touch anything in case it was potential evidence. Which I have to give major props to this mama because she was smart and knew that whatever evidence that might be there could be contaminated if she was to touch it or if anybody else was to touch it. Tony did, however, spot one thing that was interesting, and it was some bloody tissues in a trash can. After looking around the house, Tony began talking with the homeowners, and she learned that the man who had last seen Quiche was actually just renting a room there. And come to find out, he was now completely gone, nowhere to be found. He completely skipped town after that first encounter with law enforcement. The owners of the house took it upon themselves to call authorities to give them complete consent to come search the house. The detectives went in with search dogs. Tony never heard much information from detectives about what they found, which we know isn't unusual because they do have to keep information to themselves since it is an active investigation and any leaked info can potentially ruin a case. But according to Tony, she had heard some things from the homeowners. The homeowners told her that the police came with dogs multiple times, which it's nice to know that they were really thoroughly searching. But it also gives you the assumption that the detectives and search dogs were getting some kind of hit inside or around the house. In an interview that Tony did, she said that some kind of DNA was taken from inside the house, but she wasn't sure what exactly was taken, just that she knew some sort of DNA had been found. I tried looking up information on this and I couldn't find any news articles about it, so this for now is just speculation and hearsay from Tony. Something else that Tony learned was that the man who was the last person to see Quiche not only left town, but he was also on parole for something that had happened with another woman. Tony states in that interview that she does not know this man's name or anything about what happened before Quiche went missing with this other woman. So I wasn't able to look him up for further information on what went down, but apparently he was known to be not a very good guy. 
Police then take their search beyond this home. They went throughout the surrounding neighborhoods, went into a park that was located just a few blocks away, as well as doing searches in a wooded nearby area, all of which got no hits from dogs, nor was anything recovered that could potentially be evidence. While Tony was waiting for any kind of information about her daughter, she began receiving some really cruel messages. Tony would get calls from a woman who was claiming to be cliche. She would say things like, Mama, please help me. Mama, come get me. Of course, Tony knows her daughter's voice and knew it wasn't her, but it's still a nasty trick to play. She also would receive text messages from random numbers stating they saw cliche at a certain place, and Tony would rush and hurry to get there only to find out that she wasn't there at all. People had also tried to distort money from Tony, saying they knew where she was, but they needed to be paid. I cannot imagine being a mother going through the worst possible thing to ever happen to your child and having people play such nasty and cruel jokes. Four months after Quiche went missing, Tony was hit with more tragic news. Tony's remaining child, Devon Jacobs, was murdered by a 39-year-old man named James Hinshaw at a Motel 6 in Richmond. According to Richmond Times, a witness said she heard two men fighting, and then James Hinshaw pulled out a 40 caliber gun and shot Devon first in the leg, and then the second shot hit him in the jugular vein in his neck, causing him to bleed out within seconds. After this happened, Tony says she felt in her heart that Devon was gone. She knew it, her heart knew it, something in her knew her oldest baby was gone. But her heart wasn't telling her that Quiche was gone. Tony believes that Quiche is being held somewhere against her will. She felt that Quiche did not look like the 21-year-old that she was at the time of her disappearance. She looked like she could have been passed off as a 15-year-old. So maybe someone thought they were getting a young girl and forcing her into something she didn't want to do. A little over a year after Quiche went missing, the major crimes detective William Thompson came out with this statement. Quote, this is not a young lady that decided to run away or move to another state. It is not her character to not call her family or friends in 14 months when she would reach out to them every day. End quote. They then stated that foul play is suspected in Quiche's disappearance. And in 2018, someone who was serving time for a violent crime against a woman was talking in prison that he knew where Quiche was. Now, this source has never been named, but apparently when investigators went to talk to him about Quiche, he refused to talk, which unfortunately, this little tidbit kind of has to be taken for a grain of salt. A lot of inmates talk amongst themselves about things they claim they have done, but they lie to gain them some sort of respect within the prison walls. Since the disappearance of her daughter and the death of her son, Tony gives credit to the Richmond Police Department as well as the community for being her support through these times. Tony remains hopeful that someday she will be reunited with Quiche. Tony has also started the Quiche Jacobs Foundation where she offers her help and guidance to other people who find themselves in the unfortunate situation that she is in. Her main purpose for the foundation is to be there for people because when she went through it in the beginning of Quiche's disappearance, she didn't have anyone to turn to for help or for guidance. As of today, the search for Quiche is at a standstill. 
Authorities believe that people that are out there in the area know where she is and is withholding key information that could close her case. Kishé Jacobs went missing on September 26, 2016. She is an African-American female and is 5'3 and weighs 100 pounds. She has brown hair and brown eyes. Kishé was last seen wearing a pink headscarf, black basketball shorts, and pink and black Nike basketball shoes. She possibly has a Pandora bracelet with a Vegas charm. Kishé has a tattoo of a paw print on her right thigh a flower on her right hand, and a leaf on her right foot. The name Tony beneath a heart on her left shoulder and a rose on her left arm shoulder area. She was last seen in the 3100 block of East Broad Street near Chimbrazo Park in Richmond, Virginia. Since her disappearance, no activity has been on her bank account, phone, or social media. The Richmond Police Department has offered a $1,000 reward for information leading to an arrest. And Quiche's family has a reward of $3,000 for information leading to her whereabouts. If you or anyone you know has information on what happened to Quiche Jacobs, please call the Richmond Police Department at 804-646-5125. You can also call Crime Stoppers at 1-804-780-1000. Be sure to find Tony's Facebook page for Quiche where she actively posts. You can find it by searching Help Find Quiche Jacobs. Also make sure that you are a part of our Facebook group called Crimeaholics Podcast Discussion Group. In there, I will have all case information posted as well as pictures of Quiche. Crimeaholics, that's all for now. Until next time, be aware and take care.